تھانا رحمت اللہ علیہ فیمس اسٹیٹمنٹ آف ہیز correcting his muamalat, correcting his muasharat and as if these things are not even part of deen or if it is part of deen then it's a very secondary part of deen not something that's crucially important because of that concept in the minds of people this is how he used to express it so people get to understand the importance of it so his well-known statement was that he used to say that if people want to, somebody wants to become an insan, then he must come here. But if he wants to become a Buzrub, then he rather go somewhere else. So, this aspect of becoming insan, awkwardly, a person might think, well, are we not insan? We are already insan. We are not hayawan. Though now somebody gets into the mantik of it, And he'll say, well, we are hayawan too, but hayawan and natik. And get technical about that classification. So in that sense, obviously, all insan to are hayawan, but of a very high level, hayawan and natik. But leaving the technicalities aside, obviously when it's just spoken as insan, means human beings. So we're already insan, we're already humans. So what does this mean if you want to become insan? So, insan has been given this very high position, this high honor because of sifat. Because he has the capacity of adopting those sifat and then when he does adopt those sifat, it's not just because he is apart from other creation. It's merely being apart from other creation doesn't give him that honor in itself. The honor is based on the, he has the capacity, but together with the capacity, he then applies that capacity and acquires those sifat. Because if that is not the case, if he does not acquire those sifat, he goes in the opposite <coughs> direction. And the Quran Sharif says, in whom That let alone being like animals, worse than animals. So that took a person to the position worse than animals why? He's still the same human being he still has the same hands and feet he still has the same head and same heart but it is the lack of those sifat lack of iman and then if iman is there then alhamdulillah that is the greatest thing but then the lack of the sifat of iman that take him to a very low point then. so this aspect of being conscious of what takes a person away from this insaniyat this is that aspect that the mashayikh make the effort to create in a person this consciousness of what will keep a person within insaniyat not just on insaniyat on a high level of insaniyat 
and what comes out of this. Otherwise, if you look around the dunya, there are people who find pleasure in taking the lives of others. Now, what level of hayawaniya that is? There are those animals that just attack for the sake of attacking. One is an animal that will attack some other animal for the sake of its food. That's something that's part of its system. That's its food now. But there are some animals that will attack and do nothing about it. That's just because there's something to attack. So they'll attack and they're gone. Now, insan goes beyond that too. Because that animal doesn't have that intellect. doesn't have insaniyat. Insan called insaniyat. But he's gone worse than that animal. That he is taking the life of somebody else for his personal benefit. Just for the sake of worldly material benefit. Now this aspect of creating that consciousness. Once one person had been sitting and deciding Quran Sharif in the Khanqa. It was sometime after Dhuhr or whatever. So it was a free time. People were engaged in their own ibadat. One person now is sitting there. Hazrat Hanid Alhamdulillah was seated somewhere in the back. Another person came. Now the whole place is more or less empty. One person is seated there. Another person came and sat down right next to him. So Hazrat Hanid saw him and he called him. They asked him that the whole masjid was empty. One person is here, one person is there. No lack of space. You went and sat right next to this person who was reciting Quran Sharif. What was the reason for it? So he is not giving any answer. So after asking him several times, can't you understand what is being asked? So eventually he gave some answer. Just to cut the long story short, that answer obviously didn't apply because the place was ample. There was no reason for not for having gone and seated himself somewhere else. He went and sat down right next to the person. Eventually, after a lot of questioning, he finally understood or acknowledged rather that this was his mistake. He shouldn't have done that. Why? Because this created it. Obviously, now a person is sitting in a crowd. Now there's one space left. Somebody sits there. He doesn't take any notice about it because that's the only space available. The person wanted the space. He'll sit there. The whole place is empty and somebody sits there. It's going to disturb his uh, him in some way that What's the reason? This person wants to say something. He has got some work. Or he's got some ulterior motive. What's the problem? If he's got no work and he doesn't want to say anything, then why he came and sat here now? What is he trying to do? So now he's going to disturb his whole concentration. He's going to disturb his thoughts. Now that disturbance, that is not in keeping with what insaniyat requires. Let alone what the high level of akhlaq requires. Now, this person has come to the Khanqa, he's come to get himself corrected, rectified. So now he's being put through the paces now. That why you did this? So he's got no answer. Eventually he acknowledges a mistake. Okay, now that you acknowledge the mistake, when there's a mistake of this nature now, that you cause this kind of taklif to somebody, so what should be the uh, retribution for it? So he says, okay, whatever you say, he says, you do the wrong, I must give you the prescription for it. Now, the outwardly it might seem that that was fair, that okay, whatever you tell me. But again, this was to put the pressure on his mind to be able to think now that what is what is going to be really effective to rectify this. Because tomorrow he's not going to be there forever in the Khanqa. He's going to have to then move on in life. 
But now if he hasn't been trained to think, otherwise then he'll do something, he'll deliberately, due to laziness, negligence, he'll miss his takbir he'll miss his rakat also. One is out of something beyond his control. But now just because of negligence, complete sheer negligence, then if it will affect him, then he'll say, okay, must give some sadqa, I'll give one rani sadqa and feel okay, he did his job. But is that going to be effective? He didn't pinch him in any way. So he'll still appease himself that, no, I did what I was supposed to do, it's fine now. now. He's trying to create that thinking, to think what is going to be effective. That is itself a very big achievement if a person has learned to think correctly of what is the correct thing to do. What is the correct thing to do? And if he makes a mistake, what is the correct way to correct that? What is the effective way to do it? So now he put the pressure on his mind. You think about it. So first he said, okay, I'll straighten all the shoes of the Musallis when they come in. So, mashallah, very good. People now will say, that, oh, look at what a humble person this is. All the Musallis are coming, so your problem will get compounded. Now that might have been a prescription given to some person and it might have helped him. It doesn't mean the same prescription will help everybody. So this person has ascertained is going to just compound his problem. So he said, no, okay, then the, the drains, I'll keep cleaning all the drains now. Everybody comes there, makes wuzu, whatever, all the muck, everything is there sometimes. So now that's not something pleasant. Nobody feels too happy about doing that kind of thing. He said, I'll do that. So, mashallah, now people think you're even more humble. So, you'll also start thinking of yourself like that. So, then he thought about it. He said, okay, I'll leave the khanqa. Somebody who has come, he spent his money, has dedicated his time to come there and he has that much of understanding that this is what I need. For him to now be told to leave, that is the most difficult thing. A person has come to the madrasa to learn, now he's told, no, you're expelled or you're suspended. Now that will be worse than all the other punishments. So now he himself is now thinking that, okay, this is what's meant to be created now, that pressure. That pressure that will help now to think, and that pressure that will now eradicate this neglect and carelessness forever. He said, okay, I'll go away from the khanqa. said, okay, now you're thinking. <coughs> okay, where you'll go? On the one hand, this is part of the process that has to be undertaken. So now he takes the name of one place some distance away, Lohari. You want to go to Lohari, what do you want to do there? There's nobody there. You don't know anybody there. How are you going to know? Now he was required to have gone for a period of time there. So then Hadith himself gives him the suggestion. Okay, you go into Jalalabad. It's not too far off from there. And now because the people there, Muhammad was there. Now he's making the arrangement for him too. Now he went had to leave the Hanka, take all these things and move. He went away. From there now, he wrote a letter of apology. I have understood my mistake. The mistake was not coming and sitting next to somebody. That was the symptom. That was like that discomfort a person feels. The discomfort is not the illness. The illness is what is causing the discomfort. The person is feeling pain. The pain is just the result of the actual illness. The illness is actually something else. The illness is causing the pain. The pain is not the illness. The pain is the result of the illness, the symptom. So it was not that he came and sat somewhere. That was the symptom that is showing there's something else inside.
is lurking something. What is lurking inside? What is lurking inside is the lack of any consciousness. That am I disturbing somebody or not? This whole aspect of muasharat is absent. So that is the underlying issue. If that muasharat, al muslimu man salim al muslimun millisani wa yadi, if that was alive, then these symptoms would not apply. But now the underlying issue is what is being treated. Otherwise, now if a person looks at it from the surface, one person just went and sat somewhere, you went and sat down next to somebody, such a major offense, must get kicked out of the khanka. This doesn't make sense to a person. And this is the other one problem. That when a person does not understand something, now he is analyzing it in his mind according to his limited understanding. It doesn't make sense to him. Because it doesn't make sense to him, he starts passing judgments. This doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense or you cannot understand it. The child who is now in grade 1 and now somebody is teaching him algebra, x squared and times y, See, I don't know what jargon all this is, it doesn't make sense. See, it doesn't make sense to you. It's highly sensible to somebody who understands it. But to you, it's all waste of time, nonsense. So. That child now is passing judgment on this person. This person doesn't know what he's talking. So what do you talk about? What do you say about that child? You too green still. You have no idea. The same thing in the line of these aspects. Person who doesn't have that depth, doesn't have that understanding, now he is passing judgment. Because of not knowing what is happening. What is the reality here? Now somebody just sees this on the surface. Somebody went and sat down somewhere. And now he's being told you must move away. This doesn't make sense at all. Now he's starting to pass all his comments and judgments. But it's the underlying issue that is being treated. That what is the underlying issue? So there you go. Now he goes from there, from there he writes an apology. Note. As soon as that note comes, sub maaf, dil saaf, Everything is fine now, you can come away now. Now, that mistake that he did and this process that he was put through he will never make that mistake for the rest of his life. Because this has now settled that lesson in his heart deep down. Not the lesson of not just going and sitting anywhere and everywhere. The underlying thing has been treated. Now he's become conscious that whatever I do, whatever I say, I must double check. Is this going to cause anybody taklif? This is what Maasharat is all about. This is the whole branch of the known as Maasharat. This is the underlying aspect of it. That nobody is inconvenienced through us by any word, any action of ours. Now that is what got treated. And this is now that insaniyad. A person who has this, he'll live as insan. Otherwise, it'll be an outer form of insan. But within that outer form of insan will be hayawan. How a person will react to things, how he will do things, how he will conduct himself, how he'll be just unconcerned about who gets hurt and what happens and how things happen not, not of any concern to him all he is concerned about is how he can enjoy himself that's all how he can benefit out of something materially how he can have his fun rest of it doesn't matter to him that doesn't make any difference to him when when this insaniyat has gone and now this is what this whole focus used to be to create this insaniyat not just the level of insaniyat but that insaniyat which is on the level of akhlaq. What is the basic insaniyat? Every insan, regardless of who he may be, 
that's fitratan in him. It's a different thing. He loses that fitrat because of being exposed to so many things. But deen, we've been taught to adopt the highest level of akhlaq as well. Allah Ta'ala give us to